welcome to Don't Be All Like Uncool, a very Bravo podcast. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my only friend and co-host this week. Just the two of us, Mr. Alex Morand. Hi, Alex. If you pass on me, then pass away. <gasps> oh my gosh. A bit of a dark I one know. this week. I was going to say Erica. Erica, you think that would be a... I was going to say, I think that might be like a Stasi. Uh, tagline of Stasi was a housewife. Someone morbid. I was gonna say Erica in the front and then Giselle in the back wishing death upon somebody. Someone's husband? Yes. <laughs> well, Ray's uh, dick already looks dead, so. <laughs> well, we are without Julia this week. She is busy uh, riding bears into helicopters and all that jazz up in Alaska. Mm-hmm. So here comes my tagline. Ready? Diamonds are a girl's best friend, and honey, I have a lot of friends. That one would be long to, I, I would almost want to say Erica, but I know she's having trouble with her friends right now. And she's also probably a little insecure about the wealth that she has, too. Yeah. But any other season, maybe. Uh, maybe, like, even Ramona with her 50 closest girlfriends. I feel like there could be something in there. And, uh, and don't forget Harry, her other friend. Oh, God. I also now realize, I hope Julia doesn't think when she hears my tagline, when she listens to this, because she will, of course, (laughs) that I'm referring to her because she passed on this episode and she also is making all those (gasps) jokes about how she thinks she's going to die on this trip. If Julia actually dies, we're going to feel so bad. It's true. It's good that we have this on record. We will feel bad. (laughs) We're going to feel bad if your sister (laughs) and my friend Julia dies. (laughs) Let's just get that recorded. Yes. And when Julia's listening to this, nah, Julia, we are so happy you are alive and well, and will be joining us next week for the season finale of Roni. Oh my goodness. Could not believe it already. Yes. Um, good riddance, though. Yeah. I'll say it. I mean, we kind of had a redeeming episode, and we'll get into it for in a second, but I do want to point something out. This is not an original thought. Somebody else pointed it out. I have no original thoughts. We usually have already had the reunion filmed. They usually film reunions like episode 8, 9, 10-ish. They have not filmed a New York reunion yet. Are we not getting one? Well, it wasn't a thing of like Ramona was being iffy on whether or not she would show up, but I thought it landed on her being like, yeah, of course I'll show up. Yeah, and all of that was bullshit and just, I don't know. It's so weird to me. Because, you know, all the girls put their looks on Instagram, so... We would have known by now. So interesting, interesting stuff. Well, maybe since the discourse on this season has been so um, like extensive, like everyone, like the internet's reacting wildly to this season specifically and to like every episode. So maybe they're waiting till this next episode to see how the internet reacts before Andy could like confidently put like a reunion together. Cause I, you know, who knows what Ramona will say next episode. That's a really that we'll, good like, point. That the internet will not like, and will pick apart that he'll have to address. Yeah. Or hoping they're hoping for a redemption arc. That's a really good point, Alex. But also I was thinking like, I usually love reunions. I don't want to watch Andy say, Ramona, do you think you could have handled that better? And then Ramona just like, I don't, I don't need that for three episodes and Leah yelling at her and Luann making it about herself. Yeah. Or being, I'm, I would, I'm going to predict that Luann's going to be very quiet this reunion. Much like she was during the um, Black Shabbat. I feel like that'll be her presence. Yeah, that's been her look these last couple. Oh, Which, Alex, we can't help yeah. ourselves. We got to get into Roni. Okay, we're already in it. 
Okay, now we're officially talking about Roni. Before, not official. Yeah, I didn't mean any of what I just said. <laughs> Alex, I have a question. When Luann was calling Sonia, and Sonia's with her assistants in her bedroom, she puts down the phone and is like talking shit about Luann without hanging up. And Luann says Sonia was she's drunk. Wasted. Do you think she was yeah. drunk? Yes, I do. Why? Why do I think what? she's you not, not drunk? I don't know. I'm believing her, which is really stupid. I think, okay, here, hang on. I think I'm believing her, kinda, because I'm thinking Sonia Drunk is her screaming about the Morgan letters, flinging around, falling down elevators. But she's at home. This yes. isn't like a party. She's at drunk. home. There's no, and she's being no like, Ramona either. She's being goofy and kooky around her assistants. You know, it's mm-hmm. a totally different type of vibe. She's around totally different people. Because this is how she's acted drunk in previous scenes this season while she's at home. Where she's like talking about her toilet and playing with her bathtub and being goofy. So yeah, I, I think she's drunk. about the bathtub. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Everything I said, take it away. Absolutely, she's drunk. Do I think she would have said that same thing if she wasn't drunk? Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Maybe louder. Maybe screamier. Um, yes. Her assistants are feeling more and more like caretakers every episode. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize she had so many. <laughs> They're like live-in nurses at this point. I'm very worried for them and for Sonia. Yeah, I will say, uh, it doesn't matter how many times I see a scene like that in a show, a Bravo show specifically, where like a person is caught talking shit. That will always be one of like the cringiest things. I'll have a visceral reaction to it, having been caught doing it many times myself. (gasps) I've also been caught, not on the phone. This was a via text. Okay, I'm going to out myself. I was having a conversation with somebody. They were being absurd. I take a screenshot and I forward it to my friend so we can be like, can you believe this? Forwarded it to the person I was talking to. What did I do? I think I got away with it. I take a bunch of screenshots. I start sending them one after another. Start typing on the like thing. Just start sending crazy stuff. Wait for five minutes and go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I think my phone's been texting you. Because I was oh lucky and I sent the screenshot without the can you believe it text. So, phew. I'm going to say I, I got away with it. This isn't, this didn't happen to me. I mean, that sort of thing has happened to me a lot. But I had a coworker <laughs> who got in a, a fight with our boss and then was about to text and texted me. She's being such a bitch right now. But sent it to her, the <gasps> our boss, directly to her. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's like a reply all instead of reply. Can you believe this shit? Wow, that's worse. Because I got away with mine because the person (laughs) texts back like, oh, no worries. (laughs) And they still (laughs) talk to me. So I think that I got away with it. (laughs) Lou handled it well, though, I think. Sober Lou. I mean, by just saying like, I know, I get that it's like from a, it's like a misplaced thing. And like, I still love you. She addressed it. She told her she still wanted to be like her friend. It wasn't just like, it wasn't a thing of like, we're done because of this. She just like made her feelings known and then they carried on. Yeah. And I kind of liked that. I didn't, well, I didn't want to have that conversation. And I mean, it's true. It's not like Lou doesn't talk shit about Sonia. They all talk shit about each other and mm-hmm. they all love each other still. So I think that's kind of what their weird friendship dynamic is made of. Um, speaking of Lou, I really did find it hilarious as in i laughed out loud when ramona and lou say well unlike sonia we're really over our divorces oh God, yeah 
Really? We're doing great. Yeah. Okay, miss. I Where's Mario? We're going to spend all of quarantine with Mario, my ex-husband, and the Countess Luann. You guys literally bring up your ex or still have him in your title. I don't know how you can get mad at her for saying Miss Morgan when your cabaret is called Countess and Friends. Yeah. And let us not forget Garth. Her flings with people like Garth. <laughs> I don't think she's exactly thriving. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> I mean, I, I take that back. Did you like her sweater this episode? I loved her sweater. I was calling her, I was calling her Muen because of it, because it was just like a <laughs> Ben and Jerry sweater. Yeah, it was very um, kindergarten carpet. Mm-hmm. Snowy, she said. Snowy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I also loved the tantrum that Lou threw when Ramona gave them um, the bizarre pilgrim pajamas during their first dinner. Those looked so uh, itchy. I could smell those. Through my TV. Did, there was a lot of matching this episode. Did you notice that Sonia and the bus driver had the same hat? Oh my god! Listeners, rewatch the episode. It's it's a, a it, it was crazy. I thought that she had like taken the hat from him. That's hilarious. As far as everything else that happened in this episode, um, given the previews that we had for this episode, I, I was expecting the um, pin the lips on Harry game to be much more dramatic than it ended up being, but. Yeah, it I was fine. I do know fine. that we get a call from Harry at the end of the episode, so I might be speaking too soon. Prediction, it's Producer like a cameo. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's like a cameo, or yeah. it's like Luann had taken a video of herself dressed up as Harry or something. There, that yeah. There's no way it's Harry himself. Oh, well, I was also thinking maybe Ramona was like, because Ramona's such good friends with him. She's oh, like, oh Harry, we're playing him? this game with you. It's so funny. Yeah. And maybe he was like, you're playing what? <laughs> and like called her immediately. Why would he call Luann? Why would he call Luann instead of, oh, it's Lou's game. Okay. Oh, it was Luann's phone? Yeah, he called Lou's phone. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, is we'll it... have to see. Ah. This is where it gets kind of weird with Sonia. Sonia is drinking. She's going on about how he was her boyfriend. It's like every single middle-aged woman here has slept yeah. with him. Also, you met him because he was your for- former co-worker's husband, which I did not remember. Julia had to remind us. Right. So I don't know why they're, she's acting like she has claim over him. Well, because Ramona and Lou slept with him post-Sonia. So I guess. I think she just feels betrayed by that. <sighs> In, in like the present company that she he is kind of, and he was like her boyfriend and he slept with them right that's the history i don't know i think it's i didn't even know that he was dating sonia i kind of wonder if he knows he was dating sonia i think harry dublin do what he do right or would like label himself as yeah 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 he wouldn't call himself her boyfriend no, absolutely yeah. not but Sonia probably didn't know that, so I feel for Sonia. Alex, there's a term called cognitive dissonance, where it's the discomfort you feel yes, yes. when the reality of your identity and what you think your identity is do not mesh. And that is what Sonia is. She views herself as a relationship yeah. person who had this great romance with Harry. There's no way that's real. She says, oh, I'm not going to be with the Mr. Forever, but I'll be with Mr. For right now. Sonia, we know you're not sleeping with 20-year-olds. Why are you trying to, like, perpetuate that? Did she have sex with Brad the Bacon Man? No. Because they had been talking. And he didn't bring her a chicken in a pot? What did she want? <laughs> she, he didn't bring her flowers or even a chicken <laughs> she in a taken pot. Either. 
<laughs> like, that would have been the easier thing. But, like, she wasn't going to go with him anyway. That's what I mean by, like, the cognitive dissonance that yeah, she's just yeah. constantly surrounded in. And I think that's why she's so unstable is because she literally is. Yeah, it's sad with I, her. It like, really bums me out. And it's fucked up to say it when it, it's not, because it's not as sad with like, Ramona and Lou suffer the same delusions. Why is it not sad with them? Is it because they have the money to back it up? It's that, it's also we have Ramona and Lou constantly talking shit about Sonya. We're like hearing all that. So Sonya's just like getting shit on so much more than they are in a way that's like emotionally affecting yeah. her in ways that it isn't Ramona and Lou. So you feel bad for the punching bag. It's it's all so weird. I don't know. I'm I did enjoy this episode of Roni finally. It did not have season twelve Roni vibes, but I am looking forward to next episode and then I'm looking forward to it being done. Yeah. Well, next episode kind of looks like they're just having fun, so that's something to look forward to. And they kind of had fun in this yeah. episode too. So it was probably a nice break for you because you normally watch these episodes. Uh, well, you normally just listen to them. You don't even watch. Them. <laughs> I know. I actually watch this one. Yeah, and it's so funny because with them i run over to my phone to tap it to see how much time there is left in roni that's what i've been doing yeah. this whole season because i can barely get through it watching potomac this week i clicked it and i was like no there's only five minutes left what like the time flies with potomac and it drags on with roni and they're the same time that's such a good transition elizabeth thank you Surprise, I remembered something I was going to share in Roni. So we are transitioning back to Roni and then transitioning back to Potomac. Roni fact. <laughs> God, transitioning. So. Someone on Reddit po- pointed out one of the main editors that has been working on Roni for a really long time passed away from COVID and he did not work on this season. This is the first season he has not worked on in a really long time. And people were talking about the different feel. And we did say how COVID has affected New York. It took, you know... The sixth housewife out of New York. But I think also having such a strong editor really makes a difference. I mean, case in point, Potomac. That makes sense to me because if that's an editor that's been with the show for so long and like knows what the most compelling uh, storyline could be for every housewife just by like knowing their previous like trajectories on the Mm -hmm. show, like it makes sense that that's why the season feels a little lost. Because it literally is. And that there doesn't feel like there's there's a grander narrative for like anyone um that's interesting in any way other because like what is ramona ramona's narrative is just like we realize that she's extremely problematic i don't know really anything that's going on in her personal she's life trying to become a real estate um, agent and luann filmed a music video like yeah. that's their arc throughout the whole season like it's all very surfacey you know even it's not really getting into their lives no that much. and even ebony's storyline about finding her father which is a huge deal felt very surfacey that's a life-changing event. Yeah, because it's all in like the presentation and the editing. So that makes sense. I'm I'm down with that theory. The Potomac yes, editing. Potomac. Though. Speaking Oof. of Potomac, transitions part two. Okay, Alex, I would yes. like to start with a little Potomac analysis. Okay. I realize why Potomac is the best franchise. It models itself off of like a really good coming-of-age high school movie. There are the two girls, like the two main girls, Giselle and Karen, and they're both trying to gather up an army of minions to fight each other with. Yes. And we saw that, like, Karen trying to collect Wendy, then Karen trying to get Candace. Yes. And we watched them try to, like, put people against each other. Another thing that backs up my hot take is Giselle, one of the main people, is mean to her best friend. 
Absolutely. Like, just so shitty to Robin. Yes. Oh, wow. So Robin and Giselle are, like, the Heathers. And I guess yes. Wendy's kind of the Winona Ryder. People who know Heathers will be on board with this thing I just said. Um, and I guess Karen is Christian Slater. <laughs> of course, Alex. You could say that Giselle is Regina George Absolutely. and Robin is Gretchen Wieners. Yes. And Mia would be Amanda Seyfried's character. <laughs> <laughs> well, so going, speaking to the editing of the show, mm-hmm. I laughed so hard at every cut to Giselle reacting to things this episode. Just... This was an episode of Giselle reacting to the fallout of things that she started as though, like, she's so outside of it and doesn't give a shit. (laughs) Like, why is this my problem? This thing that I brought into the world, why is this my problem? Why are you mad at me about it? (laughs) Her perception of the world around her is so bizarre. Like, how you were saying, just total detachment. Again, going back to her friend, Robin, we're supposed to be worried about Robin's depression Giselle sits her down and starts yelling at her that her hot husband's going to leave her. That's not going to make her feel good. And then she she starts trying to uplift her, saying, you need to believe in yourself because you have this business. And Robin's like, yeah, but I just like, I can't make moves. I'm too scared. It's like I have PTSD from when we got hurt so financially by that friend. And I thought, oh, wow, Giselle's going to say it. We go into Giselle saying, Robin, before you focus on anything else, you need to focus on, and I'm like, oh, she's going to say mental health. And she's like, your business. I'm like, oh, never mind. If there's a mark, Giselle's going to miss it. Yes. A little bit of character growth for her. She didn't say this in front of everyone. Very true. She did that last episode, She decided to Alex. take her aside. And it's funny that she, when she says that she's saying her outside, and they're like, why are you, what are you two going to talk about? She says, it's a little business meeting. And the conversation does end up turning into a conversation about Robin's business. What, what is your read on Robin just like not taking up any of these huge like offers to sell her shit. Part of me is like bullshit, but also another part of me yeah, totally gets that. So they were swindled out of all of their money by a friend. That's totally traumatic. And then Robin didn't file their taxes correctly last year. They owed yeah. the IRS $90,000 and almost lost, like they almost couldn't buy a house, blah, 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 blah. So I think she is very scared to make any kind of, you know, pushes forward with her business. But the fact that she doesn't have a factory or a warehouse and she's like doing all of this by herself, unless that was like a photo op, I don't know. Whenever these Bravo stars talk about- Or that's why she's so tired. (laughs) Whenever Bravo stars talk about how hard they work, like Candace talking about how hard she slaves away in the studio, I'm always kind of like, yeah. Yeah, and like, okay, we're going to set up like one day of shooting at the studio where it looks like you're you're like really doing it. And like with Robin, we're going to set up a day where you're at the office and you're putting some hats in a box. Yeah. So like you don't know what's staged and what's real. I had two moments this episode where I thought, I don't know if that should be coming from you. One of them Candace agreed with me on. Giselle should not be talking about anybody's clothing choices, especially this episode when she's wearing a snakeskin tracksuit with like bright pink neon pink what were those like track shoes (laughs) fluffy shoes and she has her little her little hood on (laughs) that was one and giselle i also think you have nowhere to speak where giselle and ashley come together and say we need to talk to wendy about these cheating rumors because we understand what it's like to have cheating rumors ashley we know your husband cheated on you 
And Giselle, we know your husband cheated on you. I don't think you guys were in the same boat. What did you think of Wendy's response? Here's what I'll say about Ashley. Well, I'll say, here's what I think about how Ashley approached it and Wendy's response to it. I think in terms of how that could have been approached by any other housewife, and this is why I love Ashley, I think she did it very tenderly and with care. Mm -hmm. If you're going to approach that subject with her, I think she did it well. I think so too. Which is why... Wendy's reaction to it seemed a bit much to me and seemed very defensive and was not a good look for her. I don't think that's how she, I don't know. And I get that a lot of that is her being mad at Giselle just in general, Mm -hmm. but it's, it does not make a good case for her being secure with her relationship with Eddie, especially when she's like, she says that thing about him. That's like, Eddie's fine with it. Eddie's like very secure. He's very happy with me. When we saw like a couple episodes ago, he's not. No, he's not. (laughs) Like he's not happy about what she's doing right now. Also that Wendy said that the only reason Giselle is even saying this is because Eddie looks like Idris Elba which he does not, and Giselle thinks Aegis Elba is <laughs> no. hot like the rest of the world does. So that was a little too yeah. trying to put two and two together. Her reaction felt very flustered. Like she seemed very freaked out yeah. by it. She seemed caught, which is not the mode that you want to appear in when confronted with a thing like this. A lot of that could just be her being flustered by Giselle just continually shitting on her. Yeah, I think she's so she's like had enough bullied by Giselle. I mean, she is trying on maybe a new persona. She's fitting into her new body, settling into her new body. And that's going to feel kind of weird, again, like high school, and Giselle is knocking her down repeatedly. So she's trying to stand up to her bully, but she kind of picked the wrong, you know, fight to go with. Ashley Darby, best housewife. She wins her title yet again. You know that Ashley was like contractually obligated to go on this three-day trip. And she's like, hang on, what if I don't go for three days? What if I show up for an hour and a half and I shove three days worth of drama into that hour and a half? What if I take four seasons- Oh yeah, fucking light a match and then leave the house. What if I take four seasons of Beverly Hills drama, shove it into like a tight five? (laughs) Thoughts? And then be like spared the drama of what I just said. <laughs> then just grab her back. It's such a cool, it's a cool move. She grabs her breast milk and flees to the, into the night. <laughs> As the house explodes behind her. My final thought is uh, Rick, the whiskey guy. Funniest reveal in the world was that he had been there the whole time. <laughs> when he says goodbye at the end, I was like, well, no way he was there. I wish that these people who you know are either servers or chefs or whiskey guys i wish they didn't have ndas because i would pay good money to have him on this pod absolutely and just let him talk unedited for hours i mean i always intend to like look up though they're like the, these weird peripheral people i always intend to look at their social media um i bet rick's is great future guest on the pod he has like a very great analysis of what happened <laughs> that'd be amazing Are we ready for Beverly Hills? I guess so. Okay, Dorit has never really been on my radar. I think her stupid fake accent is funny. But this episode, before we even got to the Garcelle thing, she did a couple things that I was like, huh? Our opening scene with Crystal. Crystal is making Dorit a little appetizer. And she says that Dorit doesn't like garlic. The child of the world, Dorit, doesn't like garlic. Then she serves Dorit this little bit of garlic. She stuck some in their dish. Did you see uh-huh. Dorit try to hold chopsticks? And I'm not good at 
chopsticks really either but i don't know what she was doing like she <laughs> clearly did not eat that whatever whatever crystal made for her she did not eat it she was not able to because <laughs> she was holding two chopsticks in a fist like i've never seen somebody <laughs> hold chopsticks so poorly and it's not like i believe that she's you know this well-traveled person that's acquired this accent to begin with yes. but three if you're gonna try to pull off that persona you gotta have like the stuff to back it up kinda Yes. That accent, by the way, notably missing this episode. <gasps> I noticed it Did you too. notice that too? Yes. I noticed it too, especially when she's starting to get like flustered with Garcelle at the table, which I would love to transition to. Yeah. Much like Dorit transitioned, Alex. I wrote that down as well. I mean, this is the transition episode, and this mm-hmm. episode of Beverly Hills had the craziest transition of all time. Now, I don't remember it verbatim, but she's addressing Crystal and calls her Garcelle. And everyone goes, ah, ha, ha, see, you know, we're all mixed up names. She goes, yeah, I guess it's just because Garcelle's been on my mind a lot lately. Garcelle, you're a bully. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Such a hard transition. Also... Can we give a shout out to poor baby Crystal, who has had the most intense first season of Any Housewife and throws this beautiful party and like can't even get a thank you for it? I was thinking this episode, like whose team is Crystal on? Who do you think she's like going to um, offer her allegiance to? Because she has problems with Sutton Mm -hmm. and she's obviously not team Erica. So she's in a very tricky spot. I think she's kind of not ready to align herself with anybody. Because it is definitely like Dorit, Kyle, Erica, Rena, Sutton, Garcelle. Yeah. And then Crystal's kind of staying quiet. She is asking questions, but she's not going hard one way. Like she is defending Garcelle. I think she's there for the truth. And she's thinking, I'm not picking a side. So she's just kind of laying low. But I agree. I don't think that she'd go with Sutton. But also, I feel like she doesn't want to be near Dorit, especially after the people who work for me are people of color comments. Uh, Dorit is having a bad run of episodes. Yeah, when she and Garcelle were trying to explain how they grew up differently than the privileged white women at that yeah. table and Dorit wasn't getting it. I mean, that's what her run in with Sutton was. So she's like, okay, add one more of these bitches to that yeah. list. Also, just like the audacity of Dorit, like the root of her being mad at Garcelle yes. is that Garcelle um, basically called her a hypocrite at that dinner where they're talking to Erica. And that that... Which she was. She thinks that Erica's not going to watch this episode. Yeah. Like that episode. She's going to see you say that, Dory. So the audacity for her to even bring up this thing that is going to make her look so bad anyway. And position herself as like, I'm the victim to Garcelle's bullying of me. When it's going to be revealed that that's not the case at all. I don't know what's, what, what's going on with her. Do you have a good read on her? Is she just delusional? I, Alex, <laughs> she has a fake accent. I know. Yes. But like there must, I mean. Absolutely. The complete lack of self-awareness of how, because like it's so funny when it flashbacks to her being like, I don't know Erica. She's leading this other lifestyle we knew nothing about. To her being like, we would never say The anything. widow's in orphans, yeah. Alex. The widow's <laughs> in orphans. I feel so bad for Garcelle. When she said that thing about feeling like an outsider in the group, I felt so bad for her. And I wanted Sutton to say something. I thought she was going to. I thought Sutton was too. Um, Sutton did kind of like cackle when somebody attacked Garcelle. Like, bitch, don't even. So she's kind of like quietly kind of backing up Garcelle. Kind of like Garcelle quietly backed up Sutton at the dinner. So they're yeah, not they, like I think they both know that they have each other's going backs. for each other, but they're like holding hands. Yeah. Yeah, they're holding hands under yeah. the table. You know what I mean? Dorit 
is number one, long-winded and a bad arguer. It does not help that she's going up against Garcelle, who is really, really good at arguing and getting her thoughts out in a very concise manner yeah. so you can actually like uh Dorit understand what she's yeah. talking about because I didn't even get what Dorit was complaining about and on top of <laughs> clearly Garcelle didn't either on top of Garcelle just being in the right and having nothing to apologize for mm-hmm. and this is probably one of many that will come in future episodes a very intense moment of Erica shutting down Sutton it was chilling to watch that yeah Erica would never do that to Garcelle she knows she can't. Garcelle would smack her back, but I don't. Sutton crumbles too easily. Yeah. So I think Sutton will be the only person. I think Sutton and Dorit could be smacked down like that. Erica won't go for Rena like that. She won't go for Kyle. She won't go for Kathy because Kathy would be putting on lip gloss and not even. Oh, yeah, I forgot that entire thing happened. <laughs> I'm not even gonna call it a Kathy corner, but. Garcelle standing up saying, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you to all the women at the table. They cut to Kathy not paying attention, putting lip gloss on. Did you notice, though, staring Kathy's one mirror. interjection was totally anti-Dorit. <laughs> that made it seem like she was fully in on the conversation. And her other interjection the last time at the Erica dinner was, well, it's good practice. So I think Kathy kind of like tunes in and out yeah. and just says the last thing that she heard was response mm-hmm. to that. Um, and Garcelle is the only person in any of this Dorit Garcelle thing with a leg to stand on. So I don't know why Dorit even went there. Garcelle says, like, you keep trying to make me look bad when we already explained I wasn't there for the don't tell people. Yeah, that is just, like, a fact at this point. Yeah, so Dorit, by trying to call out Garcelle, is setting up Garcelle in a place where she has to bring up how wrong Dorit is yet again. And what's telling, I mean, what also shows that that's the wrong move for Dorit is that Erica's not chiming in. Like, Erica knows that Garcelle's not totally at fault here. And also that she can't, she's probably just shouldn't yeah. comment on it at all on top of that. But, like, I'm sure production also cleared that up with them. You know? That was such, like, a weird specific thing that happened that the truth of it must have been revealed to all of them. So why is Dorit bringing it up? I don't know, and I don't really get what Dorit's doing. And sometimes, like, when stuff like happens like this on Bravo, I'm like, oh, they're trying to get a storyline in there. I don't think that. If it was Rana, maybe I would, but this seems, I think that Dorit is like, yeah. Just like she's been all season. I am nailing this. Yeah. I am, excuse me, I am doing so good right now. It's, it's so embarrassing. Uh, cringy show, this Beverly Hills. So everyone's saying, including Erica, why did Sutton seek legal counsel? We got our answer this week in a never-before-seen scene. I know what it's like to go through a divorce. You know, I was in a position where I wasn't getting money. My attorney said to me, you need to have someone ready to give you money if you need it. Okay. Yeah. What does it mean, give you money? So it's get you money. Well, if if you got your money coming in, in case I in, in case I needed cash. Oh, yeah. someone. It didn't yeah. get that bad for me. Right. But right. I offered that to Erica. I offered Erica a loan while going through the divorce. Like, if you need anything financially, I've got your back. And if you have a fall, you've got a mattress to land on. But I think she said thank you. That was it. I asked her, how did you get money to get out? And she said, I can't talk about that right now. Oh. Oh. I'm going to take a sip of wine on that one. I think if Erica had said yes, like, I need $20 million, that is not funny. 
but it would have put me in a really bad jam. So, number one in that scene, Rena spills a little bit of secret secret. And then also, that totally makes sense now. Yeah, that's not going to look good. So, uh, Sutton, did you know anything? Why are you offering Erica money just because you're co-workers? That doesn't really make sense. Like, I totally see why she's trying to protect herself legally. Yeah. I was already on Sutton's side, but now I'm like double on Sutton's yeah. side. All right. Awards! Okie dokes. My award this week is the Julia Tinfoil Hat Conspiracy Theory Award, named after our co-host, Miss Julia, who blessed us with an absolutely wonderful conspiracy theory about Tom Girardi being shot by a hitman, and that's why he had his car accident. I award this conspiracy theory award to myself. It's the second award I've received from myself. And I give it to myself for my conspiracy on all of these mystic people that bless us on Bravo. I have said countless times, all these palm readers, these psychics, they just Google these bitches beforehand. And this week on Beverly Hills, it was confirmed. At Rena's lip party, they had a lip reader where they like put on lipstick, clist a piece of paper, and then the lip reader would analyze the lines on their lips to tell them their future. And Kyle said, well, the lady admitted that she just Googled all of us beforehand. So, ha, suck it, I was right. I'm so happy you brought that up. I forgot to bring that up, and that was such, that fe- I felt so good seeing that confirmed. I'm so shocked they did that. Me too, because it's obvious, right? I don't know, maybe yeah. get caught up in the But moment. like, they do it so much on these shows. Anyway. I would say <laughs> fake, psychic, spiritual people are second contenders on Bravo shows right behind life coaches. Oh, they're head they're head to head. Yeah. One of the, a spiritual guide of some sort um ha- shows up every season of every one of these shows. So for them to reveal a little behind the curtain thing about them is it's shocking. I was shocked. I was just imagining that conversation of how that went. Oh my gosh, you were so accurate about how Kathy and I have this problem with our mom. Oh yeah, I know. I googled you. Oh. Yeah, how did that, how was that revealed? (laughs) I don't know. All right, Alex, your award? My award is one of our longest running awards on this podcast, the (gasps) Milford Academy Award, named after the Arrested Development gag, um, referring to a character that's kind of just like not seen, hidden in the background. And this award goes to Lisa Rinna's business partner, Cheryl Krakow. Who yeah, what the I didn't fuck? realize was there. <laughs> I didn't realize had been there the whole time at the like big release for her lip line until she started giving a toast to the ladies. <laughs> I was like, who is this? I had to Google who this person was, much like the spiritual person from this episode. Um, so congratulations, Cheryl Krakow. It was good being shocked by your presence. I love it. Alex, we might have to rename our Milford Academy Award to Mike the Whiskey the Guy. Cheryl Krakow? Oh, yeah. Two, there were two Milford Academy Award winners this week. I know. I love that we both had a Rena Lip Party Award. It was chaotic, and we didn't even talk about, or we didn't even uh, award anything that happened at that table. Absolutely nothing award-worthy. <laughs> well, Alex, thank you so much for joining me. Anytime. Julia... This was your best episode yet. Great contributions all around. You can catch new episodes of the Don't Be All Like Uncool podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. You can also follow us on Instagram at likeuncoolpodcast. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and mention it all. 